positive. Each week I'll be travelling ever deeper into the world of veganism, discovering along the way a multitude of viewpoints from the political and ethical to the practical. I'll be doing this through a series of conversations, each aiming to further illuminate my understanding and hopefully yours of all things plant-centric. And this week is quite a bit different. I think it's episode 66, but as some of you who listen regularly will know, I can never remember the episode and I never think to check it before I start talking in these intros. So, um, this week I'm going to be chatting with Chris Van Prague. So, long-time listeners of the uh, of the Bloody Vegans podcast will remember Chris Van Prague from episode one, and uh, he actually came back uh, to uh, an episode in the the middle of the the summer. I think it was in the kind of lockdown one. Uh, if you're in the UK, um, and Chris and I have spoken about all sorts of things in the past, uh, from parenting to. Uh, uh, in the in the lockdown, we spoke uh, about the kind of behind the scenes of the podcast and so on. This one's actually a bit of a, a different one. It's a review of the of the year, or, or actually of of the podcast so far, and who who's been on it, and and kind of some of the most, I guess, impactful conversations that I've um, that I've I've been lucky enough to have since hosting this podcast. Um, so we picked five because there's you know there's sixty five episodes so it's really difficult to pick um, you know which episodes you know have had the most kind of impact uh, upon us um, as kind of listeners and, and 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 folks involved in the podcast and we we selected five we picked uh, Sophia Ellis so we're going to be chatting about about her uh, power lifter. Um, overcame a, a, an eating disorder uh, to become a, a world champion in her sport, uh, an incredible athlete and a wonderful human being. Uh, we spoke about Reading Hunt saboteurs and, and the kind of direct activism out in the field uh, on a week-to-week basis. We spoke about Sea Shepherd, who, again, direct activism, but, but out on the seas. We spoke about uh, Carol J. Adams, the intersectional feminist author, uh, author of uh, Sexual Politics of Meat, a really seminal work, uh, 30-odd years ago now. And we spoke about uh, Laura Chepner, the uh, the founder of Primary Veducation, who helps educators and, and vegan parents, vegan children, uh, feel more included and uh, more accepted in their in their education. So we had a we had a really good sort of broad ranging conversation covering a a myriad of, of vegan folks who've who've really made an impact over the course of the last sixty five episodes. So uh, we, as as often we do when Chris and I get together, we we have a good old uh, chat and meander around the houses. But I hope you enjoy it. Here's a conversation between me and Chris Van Prague. Um, yeah, really, really interesting to me from from the point of view. I think I, I can't remember whether I'd seen she did an interview with Joe, the sort of YouTube channel. I can't remember whether it was before or after, but I, like like sometimes these things do. I, they, they seem to have. I don't know. You, you, I don't know whether you're targeted by algorithms or whatever, but 
I, I start seeing a guest reappearing and hearing bits of this sort of story. Um, and I'd looked, I'd looked her up and was, you know, her story was pretty incredible and thought, yeah, I'd love to do a podcast about Sophia. I think it was also around the sort of time that I'd started getting involved with the Green Gazelle stuff. So the, the kind of idea of, uh, you know, the strength training stuff and the fitness bit and all the rest of it, it was before it was before Game Changers had come out. So there wasn't really the, um, there was fitness influencer type folks knocking around, but there, there wasn't, it didn't feel like there was a really compelling, I don't know, st- story behind any of those kind of folks. No disrespect to any of them, but whereas with Sophia, it felt like a real overcoming of something, you know, some personal stuff that was incredibly tough for her. And so I think that's mm. what drew me to the the story. And then and then the kind of, you know, there's the the stuff that you'd probably expect from a power lifter who's vegan, the the smashing of stereotypes and all that kind of stuff. But I think it was the just the sheer grit and determination that came with that of through her story that I think was probably what drew me to that. Uh, that story but yeah her yeah fascinating person to to listen to incredibly driven but you know with no sense of ego considering what she's achieved at such a young age there was no that's what i found amazing about her you know drive humility uh you know passion for veganism and and um animal welfare and the environment and so on it wasn't driven out of a performance thing it was almost like actually that the performance was a she wouldn't probably say this but almost like that was just something else to overcome really rather than an advantage it was like a you know it would probably be easier if i ate tons of chicken but i don't because i don't want to ethically and so, yeah, I think that was, I think that's striking because I, th- I think a lot of folks in the fitness influence kind of world, it's more, it's more, more positioned, whether it is or not, it's more positioned as an advantage. Do this and you'll be stronger or fitter or you'll recover better and all that. And um, I've spoken to a few folks, actually, Matt Dickens is another one who, who says, you know, it's, it's, it's probably is easier for most folks to not be vegan <laughs> if they're, you know, into their health and fitness. Yeah, I, I, th- I think what I found particularly interesting was that her story is not, from everything that I've seen on her Instagram and things, she doesn't make a big deal out of being a vegan powerlifter. She's just a powerlifter that also happens to be vegan. And I think that you see it so often where it's this kind of point proving, like you say, she doesn't have any kind of sense of ego about it. She's, you know, incredibly successful in her world and in her sport. Um, but, yeah, the, the the things that she chooses to, to, to eat, and also obviously she follows the, you know, true advocacy of veganism around the, the you know, the things that she's, you know, using healthcare and clothing and things. Um, 
you know, that was her life before. And then when she moved into powerlifting, that just continued. That was a natural thing. Whereas you see things like, you know, in Game Changers, there was, you know, there's Patrick, um, I'll probably pronounce it wrong, but Baboonian, Baboonian, yeah, who is, you know, an, an amazing advocate for veganism, but is very much about, you know, he will be the guy lifting the bus with a, a carrot in his teeth. It's very much like, you know, that is his angle. Um, and there's, there's a lot of that, but I, I didn't get that sense from her. No. And, and I, you know, it's something that a theme that comes up in the podcast a few times is what's effective kind of as a form of activism. And, you know, everyone's got this different form of activism and so on and so forth. And, you know, I definitely think that the Patrick Baboonian approach, uh, as we've now coined that particular phrase, the Baboonian method is, um, you know, there's that that obviously gains a lot of traction there's no no doubt about it but i think it's interesting like like we say listen you know listening to somebody like sophia where it comes from a, a perhaps a probably a less overt place it, i wonder whether it actually enables more people to to come in on it a little bit and ask her ask her questions and not feel threatened you know that they're they're going to be told they're they're wrong. You know, um, depends on your your angle. You know, it's always the, it's always the case, isn't it? With do you are you kind of loud and overt? Is it slowly, slowly? All those kind of you know, it's the same argument whether you're a power lifter or a you know uh, you know an activist who 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 does you know who does their activism on the street. It, you know it's it's what what's the best methodology yeah yeah it's interesting I, you know i've had conversations with people it often comes nutrition obviously often comes up people's reasoning for not being vegan as well you know it, maybe not even so much that that kind of you can't be healthy on a vegan diet but just where oh it's it's just a bit of a faff and i have to you know it, it's quicker and easier for me to you know to to intake these specific proteins by eating meat and they you know they are right but at the same time i think i find the nutrition thing a bit of a non-argument personally because i i think you can be incredibly healthy on a on a carnivorous or a you know omnivorous diet as you can on a vegan diet and and likewise you can be incredibly unhealthy on a vegan diet um and on a carnivorous so I don't really, you know, it never really comes down to being vegan for my health. It's not, you know, I think Sophia came to veganism for all of those reasons. You know, she owned dogs and she, you know, want, you know, felt like there was inconsistencies in her her own ethics. And then when she decided to be powerlifting, she was like, well, okay, well, what do I need to be consuming to build the body? I need to be able to do my thing. Okay, well, this is what I need to to, to eat. Um, but she's a great person to be able to put in front of somebody that says, oh, well, you know, but you're always going to be, do you feel a bit tired all the time? You're a bit weak. You're like, no, no, not at all. I would do if I ate, you know, KFC as a vegan KFC and, you know, Krispy Kreme donuts every day, but I don't, I eat sensibly. She, she's just there. She's nth degree of that. hundred percent. There's, there's a, there's a, a point that you mentioned there that actually I, I think they'd also really strike me about that interview with her and actually powerlifting generally because in full transparency i think when i went into it 
I don't think I really understood the, the, the true extent of the difference between powerlifting and, and bodybuilding. I kind of thought there'd be more crossover there. I, I don't, just naivety, you know, through anything else. And, um, I think what really struck me about it was that with powerlifting, it's it feels much more like a. I don't mean to disrespect anybody who's a bodybuilder, but, <laughs> but it felt like a real means to an end that wasn't about an aesthetic. You know, it's not doesn't matter what you look like in powerlifting. That it, it it's a simple fact: can you move that? You know, can that be picked up? Which I, I you know, I personally find it's got a you know perhaps more more democracy to it almost maybe um less it's less prone to ego maybe you know at least that was how it came across to me and certainly given her you know Sophia's battles with which she was you know incredibly open about and you know very humble to felt very humbled to have her share those kind of things that having gone through what she'd been through from an eating disorder perspective, it was almost very important to her as well to find that sport that was, um, that wasn't about aesthetic. It was, it was, it was about feeling strong and, and, Mm. and uh, it was about feeling positive about yourself. Um, which I, you know, I, I thought was a, was another reason why she's just a great ambassador for not only veganism, but just, you know, life in general body image and uh social media and all those kind of things you know if, if i had a you know if my my little boy's too too young at the moment but you know as he grew up you know somebody like sophia strikes me as a an amazing role model um perhaps versus some of those you know more aesthetically driven fitness influencer types you know at least that was my my you know my take on it yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree. I, you know, there's there's plenty of them around. That's all you know. You growing, growing muscle with protein, and then yeah, proving that you can do it with on plants. They're all they're all around. It's like an ongoing argument. But um, yeah, I think you're. I mean, I don't, I'm the same as you. I don't know enough about bodybuilding, but it, it it is an aesthetic thing, is my understanding. And it, it does come down to. In, interpretation to some extent surely they are they are judged mm. based on um but you know power lifting is is you know lift that and you go through to the next <laughs> round and keep lifting things until you can't lift them anymore it's quant- much more quantifiable yeah um but you know she's represented at the highest level um and seemingly from the stuff that you know i was not too familiar with her until i listened to the podcast and then followed her on social and things but it is all very much under the radar she's not really you know posting loads of stuff about saying that this is what i can do because of my plant-based diet um it's just that's just that's just yeah. you know part of a part of who she is she's a great advocate for the you know the it shouldn't stand in your way mm. being vegan it's just you, you know you are aligning your ethics with your 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 actions with your ethics and then she's gone on to, you know, do great things, and it hasn't hasn't stood in her in her way. Just like it shouldn't for anybody. Yeah, hundred percent. More power to her. Exactly. 
Should we should we move on? Mm. Who should we talk about next? <laughs> You've got a list there, so let's do it on in order of your list. Well, we started at the 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 the, the middle of my list. I um, thought you were going to say like a Drake line then, but started in the middle doesn't. Really <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about let's talk about the Reading Hunt Sabs. Oh yeah, let's. I've got one of their t-shirts on. Yeah, you're wrapping all the merch. Little zip for uh, for for the audio there. <laughs> that was that was just a hoodie that was being unzipped there. Um, just you know, for people who are concerned. Uh, yeah, Re- Reading <laughs> Reading Hunt Labs. Yeah, the, I've I've just got huge admiration for folks who take this kind of direct action. You know, I think as much as in many episodes I've talked about activism being all these different forms, and I and I do firmly believe that, and there shouldn't, you know, there isn't a ranking to what's, you know, better or worse, but I, I would say I hold in very high regard the folks at, you know, Sea Shepherd, or I think we, you know, we'll talk about in a bit, and um, and Hunt Sabs, who who are putting themselves very much at risk, you know, on a on a week to week basis to to take direct action. And I think it's really easy, you know, I, I feel this myself. It's if your activism is hosting a podcast, you know, you're in a <laughs> you're in a comfortable space <laughs> in the warm without anybody <laughs> threatening you. And, you know, you've got to post things on social media and it's all very, you can have a bit of a cocooned idea of, you know, and think, and, and you can overinflate your role, you know, in in the world of activism. You can think, you know, oh, I'm doing great things. Whereas I think those folks, that's a, that's a commitment that's unsung that goes, that goes on week to week. You know, sometimes in, in mid-season, they're going out, you know, a couple of times, maybe two or three times a week around mm. day jobs and, and all the rest of it. So, um, mm. and can't, you know, they're not, it's not for any other reason than, than stopping harm to animals. They're not, you know, they're not getting more followers. <laughs> There's not more likes mm. as a, it, it's, it's, it's genuine in its intention. So I, I've got a huge amount of admiration and respect for those folks. Yeah, there was something um, they mentioned in there about there being a a, a, a quantifiable reward of that mm. of that direct action, um, which is really interesting. So i've I've done I've done street activism. So i've I've done the standing in the street and um, in you know hopefully guiding people to more information and, and handing out flyers. But you never really you know I follow various you know street outreach people online and there's the classic like this guy you know had this you know he had this conversation and what he spoke about immediately changed his mind to veganism that doesn't happen really it doesn't Mm. happen you you hopefully plant seeds and maybe you have some sort of an impact what i found really fascinating uh, you know about what what they're doing is that there's a huge amount of times when they're, they're not getting anywhere but but they know there are times when they've put themselves in directly in between a pack of dogs and a 
and an innocent fox and the distraction that the, them being in the way has allowed that fox to escape and live until the next time mm. you know and they can they can go home satisfied that they have done that which i mean is a phenomenal sacrifice um for 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 them but that they live for that which mm. and it's just unbelievable and it's not i mean it's, it is believable it's 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 incredible that they do that yeah yeah it really is and it's, it's just I, th- I think this is a bit of a general concern i think in the quote-unquote sort of vegan community generally is that it's becoming sanitized and corporatized and capitalized upon you know that 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 uh, we're we're all content saying, well, we've done our bit because we're now eating vegan cornettos, and we're uh, on Instagram saying, you know, we repost the odd bit, and so you know we're we're really doing our bit, and um, I don't know. I think we I think there's a danger we just completely lose sight of what the point of it is. You know, it's a it, it's a I, I spoke to. Um, Amy Buxton recently, uh, we were chatting about it the other week, the editor of the Vegan Review, and talking about kind of vegan news sources, you know, the the sort of the news publications, and I sometimes worry that the what it's turning into, or what it's the perception of it is turning into, the the social media presence of it is turning into is, you know. X company has brought out a new range of vegan junk food. And we're seeing that as progress whilst, uh, you know, fox hunts are getting £10,000 COVID subsidies to survive through because they can't, they can't go out hunting, you know, like if, if we're not vocal about that sort of stuff, you know, are, are we are we actually doing anything? <laughs> you know, if we're not if we're not being proactive, are we are we actually doing anything, or are we just replacing one exploitative system with another, um, which you know won't have the 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 ongoing benefits that we want it to have? It will just move the exploitation probably from animals to people you know in in certain you know that that's my my sort of worry about it and there's people far more articulate who can put that argument out there but um yeah yeah i think it's um yeah it's it's interesting that i've 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 definitely you know done you know i've done the sharing on social media and i will continue to do so and often i will you know i will sometimes lead with that message of you know absolve yourself of the responsibility of being a part of this you know align your said it once already but you know align your actions with your ethics and just remove yourself from the situation because then you can rest easy and you are consistent which is which is okay and if everybody did that then we would be you know a lot closer to a better place but we you know animals would still continue to be to be harmed and i think that it's this is a different it's a it's a it's a it's an offshoot of veganism that is 
not i don't think is is not part of the the normal uh, not the normal is not part of the the sort of most people's conscience because it's happening not behind closed doors but mm. out in the country where people aren't seeing this stuff people are aware of a ban think the ban is and in fact you know 85 percent of people think that the ban you know should should remain and all that kind of stuff but that's not being adhered to um and so i've i, I definitely you know these this is a select group of people who have a mindset and an attitude to go out sacrifice their this isn't a case of sacrifice you know picking something different in a shopping trolley mm. Mm. and and knowing that you aren't causing any harm to animals you know and, and you know and you maybe one a, you know every year it might, you might go oh look how many animals i've saved i've saved <laughs> yeah. i've saved one animal a day for the last year because i haven't consumed meat or dairy or eggs so you know that's great and that is great and more people should do that but these people are going out and um and finding individual animals that are being tortured by grown men that really have you know more money and time on their hands that that could surely find other hobbies to be spending their money on um and and saving their lives Mm. um and uh, i have i have the absolute utmost respect for them and I, i actually tried to think back to how i felt about hunt sabs before i went vegan actually probably before i listened to your conversation because it is a relatively secret society and it's not a secret society but i mean there's little known about it understandably because they don't want to they're not sharing they're not going on social as you say social media sharing you know because they want to protect their own identities and and things for for understandable reasons. There was a lot of interesting stuff talking about masks and how, Mm. you know, this is pre COVID how masks were and were interpreted, which, which, which may change. I think it's, you know, people will still find them imposing. Um, He is. Yeah. You were just spinning. I was spinning. I was there, and you were you were you froze a couple of times. Just, well, once just before, and then and then you f- were sort of greyed out and frozen with a little spinning. Yeah, there we go. We're back. So you were t- last back. last I heard. Sure you... Last I heard, we were talking about um, we were in the. You, you just mentioned masks. Okay. Um, where was I with masks? Yeah, I think I guess my, my point is that. There is a, there are a community of people that I that I knew very little about, um, and still know very little about. I have the utmost respect for what they do, and I definitely couldn't do it myself. Um, and I, they definitely sit on the on the fringes, I think of of veganism because it's a very very different. You talk about veganism being a lifestyle and not a mm. diet. Um, that is a a very unique and specific. I don't. I don't know. A very. It, it. It. For me, it just. I. I kind of almost. I have thought a lot about. So I've done. I've done street activism. I've done a cube of truth. I have 
I would like to go to a save vigil. Um, there's almost like a kind of, I hate to say it, but like a, a veganism bingo, which I'd like to kind of tick <laughs> yeah. off all of the individual things to have experienced it. You know, I feel like I should go to um, see the animals on the way into the slaughterhouse and 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 do that and experience that. Um, I don't think that hunt sabbing, and in fact, I'm sure it, it's not something that you can just do once to see what it's like. You 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 need mm. to understand it. You need to commit to it and you need to be prepared to go there to get hurt or injured and risk yourself. And it is, that is a, a phenomenal sacrifice to make for the life of an animal. And, you know, you and I will both say that we are huge advocates for animals and would, you know, stop a car to save an injured animal in the road, much like many non-vegans would. Um, but these are dangerous people that they're going up against. And they made it very, very clear in the podcast that they're going to that dangerous, powerful people that they're going up to do. You really need to know your stuff, need to be able to protect yourself and 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 organize your life in a way that makes you anonymous to these people, both during the hunt and outside of it. Um, so I think it's a, you know, it, it's it's not a part-time hobby. It's not a a part of that, you know, that that and they're all good things to do. You know, I've I've I learned huge amounts from street activism and cues of truth. And I do intend to, you know, go do a safe do safe vigils. Um and you come back and you learn something, but that is something that I, I, I mean there's a clearly a huge amount of camaraderie and friendship. And it was fantastic to hear them say that they get yeah. to run around the countryside with their friends <laughs> and just unfortunately they're a angry red faced men <laughs> to shout at them and 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 dogs that might potentially hurt them so it's not something that they're just you know that they're that they appear to be you know afraid to do they'd go out there to do it to to, to enjoy it or or to at least or to at least um you know be there in the moment but it's um it's it is it is a a a, a learnt skill that you have to and it has to be something in your psychology to be somebody that will that will that will do that like you said two three times a week amazing yeah, yeah absolutely there's, a, there's a, a point i'll pick up on that you mentioned there i think it's really interesting about um you know i think we we often will say to folks who are you know, omnivorous who are perhaps talking about veganism and they are you know it's exclusively talking about diet and we'll refer to you know it's a lifestyle it's not a it's not a diet there's more you know it's more to it than that I think there's almost a, a pejorative uh, meaning of lifestyle now when we we think about the uh, lifestyle in terms of, you know, it's almost like vegan for the lifestyle, you know, <laughs> like the, the kind of influencer, Instagram-y kind of perception of look at this salad bowl, look at this, uh, you know, this uh, porridge that I've made this morning and how many seeds I could have put in it. And I think, again, you know, going back to the point about if you asked most people in the street, omnivorous, vegan, whatever, do you, you know, would you support the the ban on fox hunting? Like you said, 85%, I think they mentioned it in the podcast, would would say absolutely I support it. But I, 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 I still think if you'd said to people, what do you think of hunt sabs? I still think there's mm. a 
a distrust that's been the seeds have have been sown by some of the uh, the folks in the sort of the countryside alliances and the you know the 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 hunt um organizations that sort of filtrated into the common culture which is and maybe it's connected to the mask wearing and all the rest of it that is that these are you know countryside thugs uh who are going looking for a fight and so on which is mm. just not the case um you know i'm sure there's one or two bad apples like there is in everything but actually you know every every person i've met linked with it is you know incredibly compassionate um and it's only only out there for the right reasons so, so it's kind of interesting because i'd love people to sort of almost even if you know like you and i have, have have said i can't imagine being able to do that and have the bravery that they have but not being able to do it you know don't just settle for i'm supporting veganism by taking a photo of my porridge you know go and support the hunt sabs even if it's financial if you can appreciate that's difficult uh buying some of their merch you know sometimes they they, they've got appeals out there looking for support to get a vehicle back on the road because it's been damaged or sabotaged by the by the hunt um so i think you know support your local hunt sabs i guess is my my message there they're um they're an incredible um asset to our our quote-unquote community and um they should be heralded is my view absolutely yeah probably leads us nicely on to uh captain hammerstead should, should we get into that one sea shepherd yeah that's the other branded merch that you're wearing yes yes supporting less less of a local one in this particular case but um but yeah yeah that that one i mean in in you know i try and not get too um uh, overawed by by folks but when you you know i was a bit a bit of a super fan (laughs) really of of um yeah captain hammerstead just the 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 length of time he's I think the thing that just strikes me just and you when you listen back to the interview, just the I mean, he's an incredibly articulate person and, and amazing at presenting facts and so on, and that really helps. But the the commitment from such a young age, you know, at sixteen, I still can't imagine the conversation where you say to your friends and family, I'm leaving to go and work in the the oil room of a of a boat um which is going to go and stop whaling ships uh around the world from from killing innocent uh animals i can't imagine that conversation and then to still be there you know what it would probably another 16 years 20 years later and still doing that and have you know done what he's done again it's 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 in the same vein as the hunt sabs i think but 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 out on the sea um and but i think what's interesting there is you know if we'd said going back to what 85 percent point i think if you said to most folks uh you know what what's the issue in the ocean and they talk about plastic and so on and so forth i think fishing is not a 
uh, people still associate it with a lesser evil, you know, than than eating meat. Even if they still eat meat, they probably, if they put it on a scale, I mean, the fact that, you know, pescatarian, for example, you know, that there's this one type of dietary choice that excludes cruelty to animals unless they happen to live in the sea, which yeah. which is it's a very odd... So it's almost like, you, you know, in, in the general populace's mindset, you've got, you know, humans at the top of the pyramid, then you've got land animals, and like anything that you can't see day to day that lives in the ocean is even less worth, which is a really... And, and so I think what Peter Hammerstead talks about and, and Sea Shepherd are doing is amazing in highlighting that fact because the scale of it is is unbelievable fish you know the just yeah. just legal fishing not you know is everyone can get behind the anti-whaling stuff you know i think you know, people who've watched whale wars when it was on tv and all that kind of stuff can where, where they saw you know some of the sea shepherd folks and in, in action that can get behind the idea of this japanese whaling fleet harpooning whales and the you know the blood in the ocean you know you can get behind that but the just factory fishing, you know, the, the fact that there's, I think it's close to a million fish caught every 30 seconds in, in the, the scale is astronomical. It's terif- yeah. um, terrifying. Uh, which we're emptying the oceans. So I think yeah. their work is so, so important. Yeah. And I mean, he references, you know, about calling fish you know stock and mm. and harv and harvesting and i know that we talk about you know um b- beef we don't necessarily mm. refer to the specific animals but fish as you say are you know it's it's even it's 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 on a level that it doesn't it doesn't get shared you know and and in fact that's a that's a brutality that people see or, or sorry that, that may have experienced in their in their in their lives there's something um seemingly i don't know there's something we can't i don't think that the human brain connects with the idea of fish as a life Mm. in the same way that we perhaps do with 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 sheep as a life or or cows as a as a life and certainly not as dogs as a life when you you think about how that dissonance between humans and animals vegans much more connected to animals as a as a as a sentient being we still don't make that connection with fish and perhaps that's to do with the size or and and the you know the what we see these masses of fish all moving around and stuff it's quite otherworldly we can't you know, we can't really comprehend that. But then, you, you know, there's there's some amazing document. You know, there's the you know there's the octopus one doing the rounds on Netflix. You understand the intelligence of of dolphins and things, and people will go, oh, you know, I, you know, do that. But we we just we disconnect them, and it's partly because you we just can't see it. We don't we don't see it. Maybe we were brought up to do fishing as a kid, or you know, you might have held a a you know a crab line down when you've gone down to the beach for a weekend and you just pulled a living creature out of the sea sat it in your bucket for two hours while it's you know and maybe it's it's died or maybe you've put it you know but i think we 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 cultivate 
a, a complete disregard for for marine life as life mm. and then that on this astronomical scale where it's happening thousands of miles away um it, yeah it is it's 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 staggering to me um and the numbers just i i did a presentation for work recently around veganuary and just trying to kind of give people some statistics and that that statistic that you and i have spoken about the the plastic straws versus mm. fishing nets one obviously always comes up the you know 0.0001% <laughs> being plastic straws and the 48% being fishing nets and yet people just go oh, okay well yeah i'm just doing my bit though and it's like you're not doing your bit you're just you're not making a sacrifice you're just choosing to drink your milkshake with a different thing you're still eating you know sushi and all the bike all this kind of stuff um so uh, yeah but that that comes up but we talk about fishless oceans in 2048 which is you know that's that's not it's not long away no and it's you know they're just dragging it dragging fish out of the oceans and yeah, I mean, it, this, the 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 numbers around that terrify me more than possibly more than the stuff I see about cattle and livestock because seemingly are not as much think there's not as much stuff happening with it. Yeah, I don't feel like there is as much communication around it, and that's why organisations like Sea Shepherd are so important. And he he referenced this. Um, what he referred to as a law enforcement vacuum mm. whereby whereby you know we go oh there are there are laws to solve with brexit stuff's going on with yeah. fishing laws and stuff like that it's all happening hundreds of months it's just being largely ignored and so they they live to to ensure that these laws are being upheld whereas we would kind of be like well it, it'll be taken care of because we'll make sure that that stuff doesn't happen and it's like no, that's that's what that's what Sea Shepherd are doing, and if they weren't there, those rules would be ignored because they can come back into port and go, oh, yeah, we you know, oh, accidentally caught all of this other stuff that we didn't need, but hey, hey now we've got it. Yeah, it's um, you're absolutely right. It's uh, as much as there are these international uh, you know laws that govern govern waters, which in itself is, you know, like you talk, you mentioned the Brexit debate there, the, the fact that there's British fish that happen to swim, you know, in this imaginary lot. I mean, even this this notion of ownership of parts of the ocean is it's just insanity, you know, um, let alone the fact that it's then, you know, not enforced in any way, shape or form. Uh, uh, so, yeah, Sea Shepherd's work is, is invaluable. I think he... Peter uh, raised a, an, another, it was a really, there was a question I used to ask, and I think I probably asked it to you in episode one. Uh, in fact, I know I did. And I thought, it was a, you know, this is a really cool question. <laughs> and I've stopped asking it since, which is, <laughs> do you think, you know, we, there'll be a, a, you know, we can move to being a, in a vegan world or whatever. And um, it was that episode with, captain hammerstead that made me stop asking that question <laughs> when because his answer was just yeah it just made me 
realise that I've not seen anything. <laughs> and I'm coming at this from a very, very narrow perspective. And um, his answer was essentially kind of a be careful of the bubble in which you live and not having the perspective of, say, uh, a West African artisanal fisher fisherman who uh, whose habitat climate cannot afford to grow enough food to eat and uh, and let alone sell. And so um, small-scale fishing is their livelihood, is their life. Yeah. And he talked about how Sea Shepherd will actively protect that fisherman over you know, at, by stopping factory farming fleets from fishing in those waters. And that, mm -hmm. again, made me just think about... People will often say it's not, um, you know, it's too difficult to go vegan and so on. And I think in our Western culture, I think that... By and large, and there's probably some exceptions, is is a nonsense. <laughs> there probably, you know, there is a that you you know it can be done. It might be a lack of knowledge or so on and so forth. But you know, you don't have to eat uh, expensive meat substitutes and so on. It can be done. But it did make me think there are parts of the world and different societies and communities where not quite as straightforward as you know picking up the latest bosch cookbook or um you know popping onto youtube to to watch a, a recipe from deliciously ella and then ordering it on a cardo to your house and you know oh no we haven't got enough tempeh you know that's that that sort of thing is quite it, it is a different we you know it's a different world to the, the reality that others live in so he he raised it was just it just did make me think you know it's uh it's a much it, it's a really broad discussion and it's almost better that we put it in terms of you know planetary habitat destruction and limiting it rather than this sort of shape-shifting definition of vegan or not you know that's almost mm. useful in our culture but is it useful everywhere in the world i don't i don't like arguably as 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 although we are vegan and so on living in our western capitalist um consumer driven culture we still cause way more harm than an artisanal fisherman in who's fishing on an incredibly small scale for the village that in which they live, um, mm -hmm. you know the damage we're causing is is far worse. So I think it's again it comes back to this argument of it's really easy to think well because I eat vegan and I put chia seeds on my porridge every morning that I've completed it. You know I don't need to do anything else, yeah. um, and and I think that's that's dangerous and I think. Peter Hammerstone kind of put that thought in my mind anyway. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, he's absolutely right to do that. He he is He's looking for 
sustainability mm. you know they are they are advocating sustainability as opposed to all all out stopping i mean i i, I say that i guess they would want to get to sustainability and then would probably want to get to the point where <laughs> yeah they're course. not you know they're not you know they you know they talk about overfishing um you know 90% of the world's oceans are overexploited um so there's only 10% are, are actually are actually healthy so that their aim now is just move move that needle to a more sustainable place um it just so happens that everybody you know they, they all advocate for veganism and are vegans my understanding because that's ultimately where they would want to get to but i think he's he, you know he's he's obviously right in the sense of well let's just get to a place where we're not getting to a kind of mass extinction yeah. human extinction you know in 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 a few generations time um yeah i mean just yeah just 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 terrifying just some, yeah terrifying stuff and i think that the fish um I don't know. It, it, you know, Kurt Cobain said it. You know that it's okay to eat fish. They don't have any feelings. I think there's when you when when you see the videos, you you sh- you know you watch Dominion, and you can hear pigs screaming yeah. and cows screaming. Um, and in fact, they they show large scale fishing happening in Finding Nemo. Mm. Like it's in a kids film, they don't, you know that, and it's oh, it's awful, and it is a scary, tense moment. But it's still this, you know, and all it's, it's you know these fish trying to spoilers for Finding Nemo. But we 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 just can't compute the 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 loss of life. It's just you know at that at that level, which is why I think we 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 can um, associate. Or, or, or understand better the you know the whaling you know or the um that the the is it called the cove mm. the 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 what you know all that you can see it you know blood everywhere we don't see that when they're pouring millions thousands you know hundreds of thousands of fish just onto the deck of a boat and they're all suffocating under the weight of mm. each other's bodies and we just accept that as just look at that like it's I don't know, grain or yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, like you say, literally in a in a kids film, you know, it's, it, that's how disconnected. More so than you know, you wouldn't see whenever you see a a, a farmer in in a in a kids book. It's uh, the the farmer has cows, but you never see what happens to the cows. Whereas, you, like you say, you see a fisherman. We're so disconnected that the fisherman can have a boat full of fish, and that's like oh that's cool you know this, this you know thousands of dead bodies uh it's 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 insane that, that there's a the d- d- dissonance is at, at another level um mm. yeah yeah should we should we move on that's rather heavy stuff that well they're all they're yeah all i mean the heavy. only thing i would the only thing that i would add on sea shepherd is that they which are just to lighten the notes and what <laughs> they they have done and it's interesting that you just refer back to right at the beginning we talk about that they're, they're kind of like the hunt sabs they're out there do the direct action yeah the interesting thing with sea shepherd is they've they've done a fantastic job of of marketing themselves to the point that they are 
they're kind of seen as these, you know, they, they obviously they were forged from Greenpeace. Um, you know, really, under my understanding is that, you know, one of the original founders of Greenpeace who um, just didn't feel like they were actually doing stuff. They were kind of just swapped in red tape and weren't actually going out to do stuff. And as a result, Sea Shepherd was born. So, you know, I was first introduced to Sea Shepherd as a, you know, I think there was a, there's a patron in a, um, a band that I follow who mm. wore their stuff. And then I, I looked into it that way. And it, so they've done a really, really great job of doing that. And actually a few people that I, that aren't vegan that don't, you know, particularly understand the, 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 the world in which I live in, they know Sea Shepherd, they know mm. who they are and mm. what they, what they do to an extent, but um, it hasn't stopped them eating fish, sadly. So there's probably you know, more work to be done there. But I think they've done a fantastic job of getting the name out there. Um, again, you know, if you're out there, support them, buy mm. their merch. They've got some very cool merch out there. Yeah. But, you know, but the, again, ships are getting damaged. Um, they need support. Um, just so happens that you can buy some cool stuff, you know. Read their name and we've got a cool range of masks out as well. Very, very relevant to today. So, uh, yeah, if you want those, I think yeah. let, let, let's just hold out. There's because there's, if there's little, I really feel that like there's little we can do in that regard, you know, from the, from the fish that is happening hundreds of miles out to sea. As a, you know, mm. if we, if we, you know, if we want to get, if you want to get involved in stopping foxes being killed, you could go and do that. Um, I think it's, you know, um, if it's in your, you know, psychology and your makeup to, to do that, fantastic. Um, I think that, you know, they do recruit Sea Shepherd, but yeah. it's a, that's a commitment. That's a, you know, that's a nine month unpaid trip out, you know, swabbing decks and getting knee deep and, you know, risking your, your life. So these people are, are absolute heroes out there. So, um, you know, 100%. support them. And It's worth looking into because I think they do do some, um, they do offer some opportunities to volunteer kind of on land for various things, either talking about what they do to, to raise the awareness. There's some beach clean type activities. Mm. Um, it's well worth taking a look. Cause like you say, it is not everyone has the, the, the makeup to, to, to go as far as, as Peter Hammerstead did or the personal circumstances to be able to do that. Um, uh, although if I, if I had a conversation with my 16 year old self, I might say, get yourself on that boat and, and off you go. <laughs> um, it will be great. Um, but, but yeah, there, there, I think there are some opportunities, but in, in short of that, uh, the m- a merchandise donations, whatever, whatever it may be, stay, stay close clothing as well. Who's been on the podcast as well. They, they do a, a I've done a sort of, um, a range of merchandise for, sea shepherd as well which is which is sort of um extra cool um he also uh harky from stay close does a a range that supports financially profits go to hunt sabs as well um so worth checking out him if you want to support both causes and and a local or local to very local to you actually uh business um so yeah two for one deal yeah, support where you can. It's becoming an advert now. It it is is little little dotted with with adverts, um, but but you know ethically sound adverts. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I'm not advertising a range of uh, pizzas. 
Yeah, all mattresses <laughs> made out of dolphins. Oh no! What, which mattress is made? Of, oh, perhaps we shouldn't nice. say. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's the hallmark of any podcaster is that they've got a mattress advert, and I haven't, I haven't had one yet. So, uh, not sure I want one unless there's like an ethically produced vegan mattress that can be sourced. But anyway, yeah, yeah. that's a that's a little <laughs> aside. If you are an ethical, ethically. Uh, uh, an ethical manufacturer of mattresses and you're looking for somewhere to advertise your podcast and uh, advertise your, your wares, sorry. I will, um, I'll happily read an advert for you. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. Should we, should we move on? Which let's, where, where do you want to go next out of our um, choices? I feel like let's, let's, let's talk about um, Carol J. Adams. Yes, and the, and the sexual politics of meat and that, yeah. which was an inc- I mean, that's you. I mean, and you'll be able to, but you did incredibly well to keep up. <laughs> but I mean, what in ter- you know what I mean? An, an amazing conversation. Um, you know what an incredible person, le- legend, really in in the, oh. in the world of of, of, of veganism. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I text you after. Possibly, I think I did. To say, like you know, what, like you did incredibly well, just to just to stay on, you know, on a level with her because you know she's know. she's whether I she's, did or she's not. in the matrix. She's Neo in the Matrix. She's yeah. you know she's gone so far down the other. You know she can see, she just sees the world in a different yeah. way. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I definitely wasn't worthy to be in that conversation. I was incredibly lucky. Um, it was probably about eight or nine months in the making. I think I'd asked Carol to be a guest on the podcast really early on like really naively i i at the beginning with no reputation built or followers or you know listeners gathered just decided to reach out to a bunch of people and and carol was was a mate from from almost from day one was like yeah happy to have a conversation and I think about about eight or nine months later, we got a kind of you know she's incredibly busy and so on, and uh, it happened to align with the the thirtieth anniversary of sexual politics of me. But um, yeah, it, like you say, keeping up with Carol intellectually is not a, a task that I, I'm capable of of doing. But, um, but know, imagine imagine having a conversation with her where you attempted to disagree with her like i think that was what you know she has some you know incredible you know she's she's you know she knows the she knows the world and will and she's peeled away all the layers of the onion can see you know see but i can just imagine if you you know you didn't agree or you just you know you weren't (laughs) even just you weren't vegan or you know you weren't you know doing your bit to you know remove Mm. dismantle the patriarchy and support you know, be a feminist and all that stuff, you would just, you know, you would get absolutely taken apart. Well, the closest I got to any any kind of attempt at, wasn't even challenge really, but was, I think I asked a question which now seems actually quite, well, actually I still stand by the question and I shall explain why when I talk about the question, but there was a question I asked about um, for many people, the choice between... Trump and Biden 
in the sort of at that point it was a forthcoming election so we hadn't got to all of the you know the insurrection uh by this point um but if i was saying you know for many people the choice between trump and biden is it you know is it essentially two sides of the same coin i.e the system hasn't really changed just the the tone of voice you know it's i think um for, for people who follow Double Down News, which is a, a kind of a an, a an attempt at kind of a a, a freer, less influenced, um, quite quite liberal leaning um, news channel online, um, often fronted by George Monbiot. Uh, he he did a, a video recently where he talked about domesticated capitalism versus this kind of um i think he called it warlord capitalism and so on the one side you've got the warlord capitalism of uh, uh the chinese regime of the russian regime of uh trump's attempts at replicating a similar kind of strong man led uh, governmental system in in America, and then you've got this domesticated version, which is, you know, Obama, Biden, uh, Tony Blair, this kind of like you know, neoliberal uh, centrist kind of, um, and and essentially the argument is that they're they're really the same system, just one is trying to strip away regulations quite overtly and put power more and more so into that of oligarchs and 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 billionaires and the other the other is doing the same thing just in a slightly more palatable uh you know methodology with the, with the seeming veil of progressiveness um mm. whereas you know you could argue under an obama regime you know, police brutality didn't go away, gun crime didn't go away, systemic racism didn't go away, um, you know, mass surveillance increased, whistleblowers were, uh, you know, targeted. You could argue these things. And so that was my, that was my attempt at a question, and I thought she, understandably, uh, you know, batted it away excellently with a with with an answer that said you know essentially no and i and i do and i do agree with the, the point which was you know this domesticated capitalism and sort of all-out fascism are are not you know not the same coin at all they're mm. they're not you know you you the domesticated capitalism is problematic don't get me wrong but it's not fascism, which mm. is which is kind of where we were, or, or or are still kind of in the hopefully dying throes of. But um, yeah, yeah. I think um, you know should um, you know people listening to this, you know, hopefully that you know they'll aim to to listen to go you know go back and and, and listen to them if they haven't or or, or revisit them. This one I found particularly interesting to revisit 
because of the passage of time between you know what has happened and and there's so many signposts that get you know talked about i mean it's been you know it's not a new thing but you know there's a there's a piece in the conversation you know talking about fascism and the rise of alt-right and the and the connection between fascism and uh, there's a really interesting piece about the um, cow's milk and mm. um, lactose intolerance and that being like a sign of of power. Uh, so some amazing things in there, but when she talks about the rise of fascism, you, you know, you, I listened, I think that was, I think it was, I want to say January of last year. Um, or maybe not, maybe it was later, but um, what has happened in that time um has just been you know unbelievable mm. um you know and just yeah i mean some amazing stuff i i wrote you know i noted down about retrograde politics hangs its hat on meat and dairy yeah i mean if that's you know if that's not a, a reason to go vegan then i don't know what yeah. is yeah it's, it's fascinating and when you when you if you pick up a copy of the book it's another little ethical advert for us but um when you pick up a copy of the the book and i think there's a companion piece to it which which talks of or shows some of the images the many many images that carol's been sent since the book's original publication that show exactly that link that patriarchal uh link being made between the dehumanization of women and the dehumanization or de uh i suppose the uh not even dehumanization but the you know the degrading of animals um yeah and putting them on the same level which kind of sits in the psyche with people that that's really staggering because you, you know you uh, i think I, i've sort of you know perhaps poorly explained to to somebody the kind of the blurb of you know which is impossible to do of carol's kind of uh, philosophy on this and they've kind of been almost skeptical i think at that little blurb like well that's not that's not a thing you know that those two things aren't but when you start to see the thousands upon thousands of images and then start to notice them in your day-to-day life these connections um it it's incredible you know how deep these things go and i think it, like that whole intersectionality intersectionalism intersectional veganism piece that carol talks about i i've funny enough i, I, I see so many people in the vegan community um unable to or unwilling to accept that notion that those things are all connected um and on, my, on a personal note i i can't see how you can feel they're not <laughs> you know because it the world is has been set up created and managed by a certain group of people and it's put and those people have put everything everybody and every uh every being beneath them at their heel you know 
Um, and so I, th- I th- and I think it's clear the language is similar, the imagery is similar uh, for me. But I, I appreciate lots of folks in the vegan community will say, no, it's not about worrying about you know feminist issues or we we're just here for the animals. I think you can't be apolitical and be vegan. Is my my view, but I accept people have different ones. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I I, I don't profess to be a, a, an expert. I certainly wouldn't, you know, wouldn't um, wouldn't consider myself to be um, a, a, a a good. Well, how do I put this? Um, I don't think I'd be able to find the right words to be able to express what feminism and veganism and the relation between the two. I just know that I, before I went vegan, just didn't see that at all. Mm. And now as a, as a father of two young children, I just see, you know, I'd see, you see abuse of mothers and females and the, you know, the, it, the the industry itself centers around you know the rape and abuse and murder of 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 females whether they be um you know chickens or cows or animals or Mm. all the way through you know it is a is a a patriarchal problem and these industries have um have grown and succeeded and we are at the point and a lot of people who i speak to about veganism who say i couldn't be vegan but i I really do have a problem with the factory farming bit i really would like to get back to yeah i'd like to get back to a place where we kept you know just small holdings and all that kind of stuff and it's you know sure okay that's nice for you wouldn't Mm -hmm. we all you know then we could decide what sort of a problem it is then um but those industries grew on the greed of effectively white men mm. who abused their power to to to, to create that, that problem. So you know, and and Carol, you know, Adams has been talking about it for decades, mm. and it is it's it, it's you know, it, her point has been, it's you know, it's not been that she made that point, and it's become muddied over time. It's become cemented over time 100 which is an indictment on 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 us as a as a as a human as a human race seemingly um yeah agreed I, uh, and i would i would suggest any any anybody to read that that book sexual politics of me it's it, you know it's as as uh as much as carol is obviously a you know a, a, an absolute you know genius i would say um certainly an incredible um visionary to have seen this these connections so long ago um the way it's written is is not impenetrable impenetrable at, impenetrable at all uh, as much as it is for me to say that word but it's um it's 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 understandable for for for, for, you, for folks to read it's it's um relatable and you will once you read it start seeing things that you were there all along <laughs> you know everything mm. from 
signs in cafes, the pictures on the sides of buses, the you know, you, you start seeing these things, these images, this language is around us all the time. Um, as much as, you know, we in the sort of the, the vegan community see, uh, we see that when it comes to um, animal abuse, we start to see that, you know, that an episode of Postman Pat has got Alf spraying his sheep with you know spray paint to denote that they are his property and so on we we mm. we can spot that because we've been through this journey i'd recommend folks to go on that journey with carol and um you'll see a whole set of links that i mm. hadn't and that's remiss of me until i'd started re- to read her work she's got um another fantastic book which is it's called burger which is well worth reading as well she talks a little bit about about that in the podcast as well about this um the um sort of i guess the 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 masculine and patriarchal links and ideology around uh, around the the idea of a burger you know what it means Mm. in society this this notion of a burger and it's it's incredible very it's a short book easy to read um but again incredible so um yeah and and like like you said I, I i can't do justice to her work other than say go go and listen to the podcast and then read the books yeah absolutely excellent we've got one more on our list is that right we've got one more one more to talk about yeah let's talk about laura chapner let's primary education that's a, a not that all these subjects were very close. All these subjects are very close to our heart. This yeah. one is also quite close to our home. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I absolutely. I think there's, a, you know, it was probably when when we talked about doing, you know, pulling together kind of five episodes and having a conversation about them. I don't know that I'd necessarily seen the link until we started to talk about them. And and I think there's a there's the link is probably in I think there's a bit of role models taking action in their own ways um is probably the link and I, and I appreciate that lot, you know lots of the folks that I've interviewed and been lucky enough to have spent time with all that everyone's taking action to some extent in in varying ways and that's kind of a theme of the podcast we talked about before that activism comes in many forms um, and all of those folks are doing something, you know, positive for the for the community in the world. But um, I, I picked Laura and primary of education just because I think the I think this is I've not come across anybody doing this, you know, or having this conversation. Um, and there's a level of again bravery in what in what Laura does insofar as I think it would be really easy for a teacher, uh, a parent who is not necessarily tuned into the needs of vegan children or of, or the ideas of, of veganism to dismiss, uh, 
vegans, veganism, what she's talking about, and the fact that she's she's putting herself out there on a day to day basis to get into that conversation and uh, and ultimately help vegan parents and vegan kids feel more included on their day to day lives at school, which is an area that you know I don't know about you, but as a vegan parent with a vegan kid who isn't yet at school age, it it does scare me. And it's reassuring to know that that there's somebody like Laura out there prepared to help with those conversations. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I did, I, you know, I didn't... It will probably cover some old ground on, you know, that conversation that we had, you know, right back at the beginning. But, you know, when people say, you know, are, are you going to bring your child up vegan and 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 of course you are um but i don't think i'd really considered what that would mean for her until she started going to nursery she's been you know so so you know i've got a three and a half year old daughter and a six nearly six week old son but we didn't didn't think about that for 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 ren my daughter until until she went and then we said oh she's vegan and you know i didn't think they would just go great but we'd moved from brighton where they were fairly clued up we knew they would be fairly clued up and we had to tell them what that meant what 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 it meant you know to, mm. to be vegan and they were like okay and they took it all on board which was great but i still spent a year or so probably probably and still even now a little bit unconvinced that they actually did anything differently the the, the upshot being that ren is very eloquent um and you know she even now i'll put dinner in front of her and she'll go is this vegan and i'll say yes ren it is of course it is but she'll just oh which is great you know and i'll say that's a great question to ask because i worry that she will you know she'll go to school or mm. someone you know or she'll go and stay at a friend's house once this covid nonsense is is out of the way and she'll be able to hopefully go and stay at friends' houses and, and a you know, parent might make them something. It's great that she'll be able to ask that. But I don't feel equipped, you know, until I'd heard about Laura and the work that she was doing um, to be able to, you know, we're, we've applied to schools now, Ren's starting school in September, to go in and, and have a conversation with a, a, a school. You know, her nursery is 30 kids, tops. You know, we spoke to the manager and she's like, yeah, it's fine. We can rustle something up. It's not a problem. It's all <laughs> yeah. quite local. This is a school of a few hundred children, you know, where she'll be having probably school meals if ideally, you know, she would do that. Um, I had no idea how to go into that conversation. Um, so like you say, the fact that, you know, Laura is out there and she is opening up those conversations and not only opening up those conversations, having talking to people on a level that they can absorb what it is that she is saying because i actually if i went into school and i said well absolutely my daughter must have this because it's her fundamental right to da, 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 and the school kind of kick up a fuss i would probably go oh do you know what we'll just make her pet lunch we'll make her pet lunch every day and that's all fine um if if you can if you can get into the actual school and get them to start thinking differently, it's not just about making sure that Ren doesn't eat animal products. It's about educating potentially hundreds of children about what they're eating, 
and giving them perhaps the creating little mini activists and helping the teachers to join the dots and things. And that you, you know, we talk a lot about being a vegan that it's always in the front of my mind, a sort of pay it forward piece. Mm. It's not enough to just absolve the responsibility and just not be a part of it. Sure. That's enough for some people. Personally, it's not, I want to, I love it. If someone messages me and says, I'm eating less meat and dairy because you helped me understand this, or you shared that thing, or we had that conversation about this and stuff. And love that. Um, Ren is doing it now. They, it, as a result, the nursery, she's in three days because it's easier um two of the three days she's in all the kids eat what ren eats so all of a sudden you've got 20 30 kids all eating a coconut chickpea curry (laughs) i haven't achieved that in my four (laughs) years as a vegan activist with you know air quotes um so what laura is doing is is giving the teachers those tools to understand it helping the kids to feel you know normal I say for, for want of a better expression that that it's you know it's okay, and making it easy for schools to be able to provide for those kids. And it, it for me, it's an absolute uh, huge weight off my shoulders that I know you know I've got the I've read you know, she's got the the the, the, the book oh, is out now, yeah, yeah. Um, plug, plugging away um, the, <laughs> some things. But, it's the final you know, plug of the evening. So much free um, work that she does to spread that message. Um, as just an advocate of veganism is is you know she's an absolute hero in my in my book. Agreed, agreed, and and again, get the book, Primary of Education. Um, look her up. Uh, yes, yeah, doing doing amazing work, and uh, yeah, I think you know e- even if those kids aren't you know those hundred odd kids in the school or whatever it is the number aren't you know turned vegan. It is reassuring to me to think that they would have had a conversation with someone equipped to have it who will help them make my son, in this case, feel more included and not feel like no one understands what he is going through uh, or he is doing and why he's doing it and those kind of things. Uh, You know, I'd hate for him to feel ostracized um because of a decision we'd made you know at this point in his life um and so laura helping others to understand that you know if it and i'm sure it will cause some folks to to think and maybe you know to consider consider their choices themselves but even if it doesn't and it makes people more tolerant more open to conversation that's a step in the right direction that might not have been there without her so yeah and and for vegan parents out there if you if you are struggling with those conversations or you or you don't know even how to tackle it with a school um that's the sort of thing that laura will will support with and will help that school and those teachers um and has done it up and down the country already um through primary of education so yeah final plug done <laughs> done yeah i mean it's fab but I, yeah i mean it, it, it people out there you know being absolute heroes and 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 spreading the 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 message um you know i feel 
confident now to almost excited to 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 be able to have a conversation with you know Ren's new head teacher about mm. you know hopefully opening up a, a conversation there but I wouldn't be able to have, have felt like that were it not for um the 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 work that that she does and things so yeah amazing well that's, that's five episodes five bloody vegan five episodes. episodes all done get them at your you can get them wherever you get podcasts. That's what that's what we say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I definitely, you know, if it, I, it was interesting going back and listening to them, some because of the time that's passed, um, but just because, um, unlike me, they're all so incredibly eloquent at their, <laughs> making their point um, and so hugely passionate about what it is that they do. And I think they're actually a really great cross-section of, you know, the reason why you started doing the podcast in the first place of of the you know these really interesting very diverse areas this is not about just as i said before going into the supermarket and picking up different things that is that is where it starts it's the absolute mm. basic level of just to stop buying it and then use your passions and your knowledge and your experience and and find you know ways of of being able to introduce the conversation to to people there's something that we you know didn't didn't speak about but the you know lisa fox and the vegan business tribe you know people yeah. are out there encouraging helping businesses to understand what they can how they can be better and how they can spread their message you know f- far and wide um, we all individually have a responsibility to, uh, to to be better. That was the message that came out of Vegan Camp Out a couple of years ago was this is great and it's great that we can walk in and buy a, 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 a vegan, you know, meatball sub from Subway and there's donuts around. This is all great. You know, it's all great. It makes life easier. But once you're already, once you're already over that line, it doesn't stop. You know, you got to, mm. you got to, you got to pay it forward. You use your, you know, your skills, your knowledge, your network, the people you know. You know, spread the love, share the information, get it out there, and and and, and do what you can to to get closer to that 100%. better world. Hundred percent, couldn't agree more. And there's sixty-five episodes of the Buddy Vegans to help you along that <laughs> way. <laughs> so. Without further ado, I think we will we will end our our chat there. It's been it's been lovely having a, another chat, Chris. You are the first third time guest, I believe. Thanks very much. I think that's right. It's been a pleasure. Yes, yeah, we did a live one, didn't we, back in the in the mid COVID, when everyone everyone was on Instagram live. Um, yeah, all at the same time. So our connection kept yeah. cutting out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you weren't on Instagram live, you were probably baking banana bread. That was the point that it was. At. Yeah. Yeah. If Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. Sometimes when I think, you know, th- this, this pandemic has obviously been incredibly tough for a lot of people, but there's also a lot of us who've been so fortunate that we've got to spend more time with our families, go on Instagram live and make banana bread. So you know, it wasn't, you know, 
it, it could be could be worse. Um, and, and and big shout out to all those folks who haven't been able to have those wonderful luxuries that we've been afforded. Of course. Um, and let's hope we can all move on from this horrible situation uh, pretty soon. Um, yeah. Yeah. So th- three times, three times for Van Prague. Who'd have thought? <laughs> who'd have thought he's getting a, a hat trick, Mike? <laughs> That's what I get for being a super fan. You get to take your mic home with you. <laughs> well, you know, I'm excited to see what forms the the, the pod takes over the, the coming weeks and, and months. Yeah, I think I think well, a conversation for later, but it all I think the the interview format won't disappear. Just there might hopefully be some other strings to the bloody vegan's bow to help get the message out in different ways but um i think just even this little trip down memory lane of the last 65 episodes and just plucking five out as um you know it definitely makes me think actually there's there's if no one else has learned a lot from this (laughs) i have so (laughs) i'll carry on doing it yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's opened my eyes to, to, to that. I think it's I did, I hadn't even acknowledged really that you know that different that different really sort of unified by that that one thing, and yet you know the 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 scope of it is is astronomical and ever 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 evolving. So no, it's 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 fab. I know you 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 put down your your activism as a but it's a, it is a it is a is, is a fantastic resource and safe space for I think a lot of people. So oh, it's, thanks, um, mate. Don't you know? Don't uh, you know? It's good. It's fab. Appreciate it. And yeah, a little bit of a uh, little bit of uh, updates and changes is always good. Keeps it keeps it keeps exciting. fresh. Well, there we go. Yeah, it's been emotional. Let's end it there. <laughs> All good. <laughs>